To make a donation, visit biblicallycorrectpodcast.org slash donate. And if you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for your support. Here's why you should never go to church. Welcome to the Biblically Correct Podcast. Shalom, y'all. This is the Biblically Correct Podcast, teaching biblical correctness in a biblically incorrect world. My name is Kevin Jeffrey. I'm a Jewish follower of the Messiah Yeshua, Jesus, and I love teaching the scriptures. When I first became a believer in Yeshua, one of the very first things I was told was, you need to go to church. Oh, really? Yeah, it's in the Bible. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, in the NIV, it reads, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And meeting together means going to church. That's what it means? Yep, that's what it means. Sure enough, I checked the margin notes in my Bible, and there it was, right next to Hebrews 10.25. It said, worship attendance and attendance in sanctuary. So this is a pretty typical understanding of how believers today view the concept of church. Or if you're Messianic, you might prefer the terms congregation or synagogue. In most people's minds, church is a physical structure, or at least a structured event. And going to church means going to that special building at a special time in order to attend and participate in worship services. That without a special facility or an order of service, somehow we can't legitimately be or have church. But is this really what the scriptures say is the true nature of church? And that's the challenge I want to make to us all today. Because the problem is, according to the scriptures, it's just flat out wrong to think of church as a place to go, something to do, or merely a component of our lives. My goal today, then, isn't to get you to stop meeting together with other believers, God forbid, but to challenge your preconceptions of church to try to start changing your perspective and expectations Because what church really is, according to the scriptures, has a direct impact on who we really are. So let's start by looking at the word church as found in most English Bibles. This is the word that usually translates the Greek ekklesia, as in Matthew 16, verse 18, where Yeshua says, On this rock I will build my church, my ekklesia. But what's weird is that the English word church actually derives from a completely different Greek word, kyriakos, which means belonging to the Lord, or in the possessive, the Lord's, Lord apostrophe S. And it appears exactly twice in the scriptures, as in the Lord's Supper in 1 Corinthians 11.20 and the Lord's Day in Revelation 1.10. In modern Greek, it's essentially the same word as the word for Sunday, the typical day for, quote, church. So it's not from ecclesia, but from kyriakos, that the English word for church developed and came to mean the Lord's house, that is, a physical house of worship. But the problem is that whenever we read about church or assembly or congregation or community in the Bible, never does the underlying concept mean a physical place or house of worship. Never. There's the temple and there's the synagogue, but church is never a place. 
So while it's 100% true that we as believers and followers of Messiah belong to him, we belong to the Lord, we are Kiriakos, the word church, both etymologically and in normal usage, incorrectly interprets the word it's supposed to be translating, ecclesia. So what about ecclesia? Well, while it's true that in the lexicons we see words like assembly or meeting or congregation, and those terms are technically correct, the way those ideas translate in relation to what church has now become still obscures the biblical concept. So if church or assembly or congregation are bad translations, then how should we translate it? Well, the word ekklesia comes from a combination of two other Greek words. Ek, meaning from out of or forth from, and kaleo, which means called. So the compound word ekklesia, then, contains the idea of being called out from one thing in order to go forth toward something else. And that's why in the MGLT, the Messianic Jewish Literal Translation, because there was no more accurate word in English, I just translated ekklesia literally, not as church, but as called forth, such that Matthew 16, 18 now reads, and upon this rock, I will build my called forth. And instantly, you're forced to think outside the box of what you've always thought of as church. You begin to engage directly with the concept within its true scriptural context. Now, I want you to get what I'm saying here. I'm not just picking on the word church for no good reason. This isn't me railing against Christianity or just trying to change the terminology in an attempt to be more messianic or more sensational or just to take issue with something Christian simply because it's Christian. That's not at all what I'm talking about. The problem with the word church is that it's a real mental barrier to biblical understanding and the practical outworking of how we're supposed to function and see ourselves in Messiah. Every pastor I've ever heard at one time or another exhorted his congregation that the building isn't the church, but we are the church, explaining that we're called to go out and share the good news of Yeshua and do the active work of bringing his message of truth and love to others. But then, everything that pastor or messianic rabbi does next, and everything his congregation does when they, quote, go to church, undermines the exhortation and forces a cognitive dissonance in the minds of the people. Okay, the building is not the church. We are the church. I am the church. Okay, kids, time to go to church. No matter what people may know factually in their minds, if it's undermined by behavior, emotions, expectations, and traditions, you can't change the mindset. You can attempt to interrupt people's thought processes by, instead of calling it a church, you call it a congregation or fellowship or assembly or whatever. But because the sacred building slash worship service paradigm is so ubiquitous, continuing to employ the word church or its equivalent while trying to bring it back in line with scripture will never work. Take, for example, the unfortunate meaning of church as the Lord's house. I would be shocked if using church to translate ecclesia hadn't been done intentionally to equate the church with its priestly clergy and order of service and so on with God's temple, which the scriptures literally refer to as the Lord's house. 
that's an extremely powerful image to overcome. The idea that you're going to this church building to meet God in the same way Israel would meet God in the temple. That's unbelievable, not to mention unscriptural. God has only ever had one physical temple, rebuilding and renovation notwithstanding. And of course, the irony in this is that churches, in actuality, more closely resemble not the temple, but the synagogue, which itself came out of Israel's exile in Babylon, invented by Judaism as a replacement for the temple. This is exactly how many believers view the church building or worship service, as a surrogate for the temple. Now, where's that in the Bible? So the word and concept of church and the like can only perpetuate the perceptions that are already embedded in people's heads. The church is the building with the worship service. We're not the church. Or maybe we are the church as long as we're in the building doing church. That's how most people see it. By going back to the scriptures then, looking at ecclesia in context, rediscovering the biblical concept, and reframing it with a biblically-based alternative like the called forth, it helps to break down that barrier between what Scripture consistently describes and what our experience and traditions have conditioned us to practice and believe. The term called forth, then, is a literal, faithful translation of the Greek word ekklesia. But more than that, it's a faithful representation of the scriptural concept of what the ecclesia of Messiah truly is. It confronts that cognitive dissonance and tunnel vision which mentally constricts our walk with Yeshua to the narrow function of participating in worship services and church campus events. It presses us to break through the mindset of going to church so that we can be the church, so that we can be the called forth, not according to our definition, but to God's. When we see ourselves collectively as the called forth, it challenges our long-held religious ideas about congregational and community life and forces us back to the scriptures for definition. From what are we called forth to where are we being called? Is the destination physical or spiritual? If it's physical, where is it? What does it look like? Am I the called forth when I'm all by myself? Or am I the called forth only when I'm with other believers? How is being the called forth supposed to work in my everyday life? Who am I and where do I fit in the called forth of God? If we as disciples of Messiah are to have any hope of being more than just spiritually minded worshipers, content to operate in a safe little religious box where we only see what we like to see and hear what we like to hear, if we instead want to grow as disciples, to be a godly influence in the lives of our brothers and sisters in Messiah, to reach out beyond the institutional walls that we've erected, and to go with power into our communities with the life-changing message of Yeshua, then we need to radically alter our understanding of church by seeing ourselves biblically as the called forth and then actually changing the way we gather and walk together in community with one another to line up with the scriptures. Hebrews 10.25 falls way short as a proof text for the requirement to go to church, but it does begin to give us a glimpse into the true nature of what it means for believers 
to gather together. In context with verse 24, it reads, And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and to good actions, not forsaking the gathering of ourselves together, as is the custom of certain people, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day coming near. Provoke one another to love and good actions. Exhort one another as you see the day coming near. Now, does that sound like an average run-of-the-mill church service to you? The idea that Hebrews 10.25 is a command to go to church doesn't hold any scriptural water, but it's exhortation to not give up meeting together so that we can provoke and exhort one another, so that we can come together and interact with each other face-to-face, not just staring at the back of someone's head, hits at the core of how we're supposed to function collectively as followers of Messiah. And in a time when every congregation's broadcasting their services online, enabling able-bodied people to tune in from the comfort of their homes, a situation further made worse over the last three years, our dysfunction as a body is at an all-time high. The concept of meeting together, according to Scripture, goes far beyond walking through the doors of a building, participating in or sitting through a worship service, standing, singing, praying, praising, and listening as someone talks at you for a half an hour. Meeting together, according to Scripture, has a much bigger purpose, and most of it isn't about you. In upcoming episodes, I'll be diving deeper into this biblical understanding of the called forth so that we can get a much clearer, more detailed picture of what it's supposed to look like, how it's supposed to function, and what impact a biblical view of quote-unquote church will have on individuals and communities who, for the world's sake, need to be radical enough to embrace it. Because we, the called forth, are not a building with four walls, or even the congregation whose main goal is to meet within them. We are those who've been called out of the world and its darkness in order to go forth back into it with the light of Messiah. We are supposed to be those who've left our old selves behind and joined our new lives to a collective community of other followers of the Messiah, Yeshua. We, the called forth, are the functioning, living body of Messiah. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2, Paul writes, To the called forth of God, to those set apart in Messiah, called Kadoshim, holy ones, with all those in every place calling upon the name of our Master, Yeshua, the Messiah. So the reason you should never go to church is because church isn't a place, it's the people. The called forth is not somewhere to go. The called forth is not a thing to do. We are the called forth of God, and the Master is calling and waiting for us to come. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Biblically Correct Podcast. If you like this episode and want to see us make more, then we need your help. Visit our website at biblicallycorrectpodcast.org to support the work of Perfect Word Ministries and MJMI with your much-needed donations. And of course, don't forget to like, share, comment, subscribe, and ring the bell to receive notifications whenever a new episode is posted. If you have any questions about this teaching, or if there are any other topics you'd like to see me cover, leave me a comment 
or shoot me an email at kevin at perfectword.org. That's kevin at perfectword.org. Until next time, remember that every scripture is God-breathed and profitable for teaching, for refuting, for setting a right, and for instruction that is in righteousness, so that the man of God may be fully equipped, having been completed for every good act. Shalom.